Welcome to the HBOT News Network and another conversation with Dr. Hemel Mehta. And um, I've really enjoyed um, the conversations we've been having. And, and I hope you're tracking this and, and uh, getting some great information on his integrative uh, medicine approach and, uh, and, and, and just the amazing um, opportunity, I think, for individuals to heal. So welcome back, Dr. Mehta. So what a pleasure to have you back. Thank you. It's I'm happy to be back here again. They, they say three times is a charm. Three <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Dr. Mehta, one of the things that um, you know, I was reviewing your information is this Vibrant University. Is that how you Yes, know? Vibrant Health University. Vibrant Health University. Can you yes. tell us about that? It sounds very interesting. Yeah. Vibrant Health University is an educational program that we're starting to help educate not just the public, but also providers who are interested in performing regenerative therapies, regenerative injections, uh, and providing an alternative for patients that's just not available out there. Our medical education, you know, as we talked before, is heavy into pharmacology and surgical techniques, but there's very, very little literature out there on regenerative therapies and regenerative treatments. Uh, there are studies, plenty of studies, especially in Europe and other countries, uh, but here in the U.S., there's not much education that can be provided for providers. So we plan to help educate providers and the general public as well. And so what, is it, what does that look like? Is it, a, is it an online thing or is it in person? How, how do you conduct yeah. that? There'll be different online programs that they can watch. There'll be podcasts that they can watch. And then if they are interested, we, are, we will definitely do a live type of a program where we can come into their office or they can come to our office and we can do demonstrations. We can do teaching on how to do proper procedures, uh, regenerative treatments, uh, and incorporate kind of our protocols into their treatment plans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things that um, I think is so clear is that the, the general population um, is just going to traditional medicine, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I hear that all the time, that, you know, someone will say, you know, why don't you try hyperbaric oxygen? And, and they'll say, well, you know, I'm going to ask my doctor, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and one of the advice, you know, one of the little bits of advice that I can give is say, well, you, when you see your doctor, don't ask them if it's good for you because they're supposed to know. Right. Ask them what they know about it. Right. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's extremely important because if they don't know enough about it, it's hard to give them instructions on what to do. Or it's hard to provide advice if you don't have that knowledge yourself. Yeah, so take away the pressure. They don't have to know about it. Mm -hmm. They can say they don't know about it, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, and I, I, you know, when I first learned about hyperbarics, I went and I got three physicals. Or I got two, and then I got a lower GI doctor, GI expert. And uh, in the first two physicals, I asked the question, you know, was hyperbaric oxygen going to help me with my high cholesterol? And, and they, oh, no, no, it's going to be, that's very expensive, and don't do it. You know, they both were, you know, mm -hmm. you know, almost like textbook kind of stuff. Like, you know, you don't do it. Right. And, uh, and then when I went to the GI, I started thinking about, well, I got to ask that question differently. And so I asked, it was a woman, young, young doctor, and I asked that question, what she knew about it. She said nothing, but if you learn something that's positive, tell me. Ah, see, now that's a good answer. And that's, I think, in my opinion, a proper answer for a provider to provide. If they don't know enough information, I think telling that patient, if you find out information about it, I, let me know how you do. I'd be very interested in knowing how you do. So, yeah. so when, you know, when a doctor goes and, and takes your, 
you know, your course is there? It's a it's a structured course. Yes, it will be a structured course. Do they course. get a certification or something? We can say I've been certified by Vibrant Health for these things. Yes, it'll. We will have a certification uh, that we are planning to develop as part of our program to say that okay, they have had this many hours of training um, in this subject matter. Uh, and providing different tiers. For example, there'll be a, a lower tier, a medium tier, and a higher tier of education provided to these uh, providers based on uh, their level of expertise, based on how much knowledge they already have and how much they want to do. So they have, do they, do doctors have to have a certain amount of continuing education? Yes, they it, do. So they, hours every year, how many yes. hours is it? It, it varies by state. Um, each state is different. The state of North Carolina, we're required to have at least 30 hour, 20 to 30 hours per year. For example, in the state of Tennessee, I'm required to have 30 hours every two years. So it, it definitely varies by state. Mm -hmm. So will they be able to, um, is, would this be accredited for those hours? Is that something that? That's our goal is to eventually have it accredited mm -hmm. uh, by the certif appropriate certifying boards to count as continuing medical education. Yeah, as an engineer, as a structural engineer being licensed, I need that continuing education every year. Right. And, and for me, it's always interesting, you know, I look for the things that are leading edge, like what's new. Right. You know, not so much code changes, but really what's the, you know, what's the technology that people are using to build differently. And, and I find that the most interesting anyway. Oh, yeah. So hopefully you get a, you know, a good following there. And so... Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll definitely, you know, um, promote that through the HBOT News Network so people can see that, you know, that, that um, well, I, I guess you call it different thing, integrative or functional. Right. Is it right. functional medicine? Yeah, Is there a difference? It, there's not really much of a difference. Integrative and functional medicine are very similar. It's basically non-traditional medicine. You can also refer to it as. I don't definitely, I don't necessarily like the term alternative medicine uh, because uh, it is an alternative, but I think it's part of the the core of medicine as well. It's just not as well known, mm -hmm. you know. So, so integrative. Yes. What are we integrating? What we're integrating is not just traditional medicine, uh, but we're integrating uh, things like diet, uh, appropriate diet, uh, supplements, taking appropriate supplements, mm -hmm. using regenerative procedures, uh, and proper exercises involved in all of that. You know, a lot of times, a lot of my patients will have physical therapy, for example, and they'll tell me, oh, the physical therapy didn't work. I went for four weeks, and uh, it was good while I was doing it, but now my pain's not any better. Mm -hmm. It's basically because they didn't continue that exercise that was taught to them in physical therapy, and it's essential to continue that on a regular basis. The body was meant to move. You know, for example, there's no blood flow to any joint and there's no blood flow to the disc in your back. The way they receive their nutrients is every time you move, it creates a positive and negative pressure, pumps all the good stuff in and the garbage out. Mm -hmm. So if you're not moving, uh, you're degenerating. So you're not opposed to some of the, there are some, well, certainly like for example, an antibiotic. Mm -hmm. You have an infection, give them an antibiotic. Correct. Yes. I'm not opposed to traditional medicine at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's a Traditional medicine is extremely important, but this is an addition to traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. This is another avenue to help patients because uh, traditional medicine doesn't uh, cure everything. You know, it doesn't help with uh, a lot of different conditions. In, in, for example, there's patients that want to do things without medications or, or they want to try to avoid surgery, and there are ways still to do that. What's interesting is... is um um, you know, earlier or at some point we were talking about inflammation and uh, traditional medicine, 
addresses inflammation very much with like steroids would be kind of one thing. But there isn't a lot there. If you watch the you know the commercials about different drugs that are being removed, it's always it's a warning. Right, it may cause inflammation, and Mm -hmm. so so. For me, one of the discoveries when I started reading studies about hyperbaric oxygen, you know, that term just kept coming up, inflammation, 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 mm-hmm. was the, one of the benefits why there was improvement in the patients in the studies was because of the reduction of inflammation. So I was in a conversation, I became friends with a, a woman that, um, that actually ended up chairman of the National Science Board. Mm-hmm. So she's a presidential appointee, you know, top scientist um, and, and uh, microbiologist, her PhD, and, and invented some amazing um, antibiotics, right? right? So mm-hmm. we're on the teams that did that. And so, so we were just having a conversation. I said, you know, it seems to me that every indication somehow is either caused or worsened or driven by inflammation. And she, she just you know, sat back and looked at me. And she said, well, yeah, we all die of inflammation. Right, right. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, oh. <laughs> and so when someone calls up and says, hey, is hyperbaric good for this? I'm just like, okay, type it in, you know, hyperbaric. Yep, there's a study. Yeah. Yep, I guess it's good for that, whatever it is. Right. Well, inflammation is also important. It's important to distinguish uh, chronic inflammation from acute inflammation, too, mm-hmm. because inflammation, the inflammatory process, is an important part of healing as well. Uh, in the acute phases, that's how the body heals itself. You get a cut, uh, the area swells, uh, it becomes more tender, and that's inflammation driving nutrients and more blood and more oxygen to that area. When it becomes a problem is when that inflammation doesn't go away. When you have that cut and it gets healed, but the inflammation stays. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the problems arise, and those are the, that's the type of inflammation that we want to try to suppress or reduce. So uh, it is important to have some inflammation as part of the healing process, but not chronic inflammation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic that, um, and, and, and uh, we, we had an earlier discussion about the uh, reperfusion injury. Right. So the injury after the injury, and, and to, to your point there that the inflammation is not going away, and so the injury is worsening. Right. In fact, that, that can be the dominant um, part of the injury, 80% right. of the injury caused by reperfusion. Right, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's what, what we see in a lot of, for example, traumatic brain injuries. Uh, we used to see, and even spinal cord injury, it's the inflammation, that chronic inflammation that continues that starts to damage the good tissue. Uh, increased swelling in an area can decrease blood flow into that area and therefore decrease oxygen to that area. So sometimes if you increase the concentration of that oxygen being delivered, it can make a huge difference. Uh, in, in people with brain injury, for example, we, we see a lot of uh, football players now having these closed head injuries, and it's, it's more and more common. As a matter of fact, I think just this past week there was a high school teenager in, uh, in Tennessee that passed away in the football game from a closed head injury. Uh, and and it's, it's awful. It's unfortunate. You talk to parents nowadays, they're like, oh, I'll let them play soccer or any other sport, but they're not playing football. You know, but if we've got something like hyperbaric oxygen therapy that can be used for patients or for players uh, after a game, it's just as good as putting them in an ice bath, you mm-hmm. know, because an ice bath is reducing their inflammation throughout the body. Mm-hmm. Um, hyperbaric oxygen therapy can assist with that and be part of that process. I think it would be really interesting to see studies uh, on football players post-injury or post-game having hyperbaric oxygen therapy. 
Definitely with the head injuries, you know, there are some countries that have developed ambulances that are hyperbaric chambers. Right. So for, you know, in, in one of the earlier comments you had made about strokes and things of that nature, if you can get them immediately to get the oxygen reestablished through the plasma, right. you know, and, uh, and bypass any, any blockage or, or whatever, oh, yeah. the reperfusion injury that's preventing it, the plasma is still getting there, right. but not the, not the hemoglobin or the oxygen is not being delivered. Right. Um, so, so... And I, and I think, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, th I think also in a chronic state, too, not just sometimes in the acute phases, but uh, in a chronic states of a post-stroke injury or any kind of traumatic brain injury, or for that matter, any kind of injury, a part of the body that's not functioning anymore, the body is, like I said, a very efficient machine. So if you're not using that part of the brain anymore, the body's shunting blood away from there. It's not getting enough oxygen. But... If you and then that becomes a vicious cycle. The less oxygen it gets, the more the tissue dies. The more the tissue dies, the less oxygen it's going to get. So and, and stress, I think, is also doing that. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's yes, preventing that. So so an anecdotal theory. Yes, okay? um, and and I think you'll appreciate this because you talked about um, back in the desert. Yes. We're talking about fasting, you know, how often people ate and everything, mm -hmm. um, and so their their bodies are in a in a um, uh, a low in, in inflammatory state, right, right? Because of the fasting and mm -hmm. stem cells are high, and and, uh, and so um, I'm sure you eat something, you're going to absorb quite a bit of it, right? You know, so so somebody breaks a bone back in the day, mm -hmm. um, that area inflames, and they can't move it, right. So that was the natural way to that. That was that was the cast. Right. That was the cast. That That's the, right. That was the cast. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Today, we have casts. Right. So getting rid of that inflammation actually can heal much faster because we get rid of the inflammation and put the cast on the bone heals. Right. And we're getting all the nutrients to it, and we don't have all that inflammation that's 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 doing that. Same oh, yeah. thing with a cut. Mm -hmm. You get a cut. And that inflames to try and stop the blood from right. you know, going there um, or coming out of you, and you don't bleed out. Right. Okay. Today we have bandages. Right. So we can we can stop the cut, and I think one of the things, in, you know, especially with surgeries, people that get hyperbaric oxygen post surgery heal the the wound heals much faster. Oh yes. For that, and so so hyperbaric oxygen, you know, is sort of come of age because of medicine coming of age, that we have all these other techniques. Right. To your point, integrative medicine is really integrating some of these you know, very functional, holistic right. um, therapies and, and integrating it with what we've learned you know, through, through history. Oh yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I would agree with you 100% on that. So that reperfusion so. injury actually was a survival mechanism that evolved, mm -hmm. or God gave us to survive right. back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with that. It's it's amazing the way the body works. You know, after studying medicine, you can't help but believe that there is a God or there's a higher power that has created this body uh, because it, it's made to be able to tolerate all kinds of different injuries, all kinds of different um, aspects of life in our environment. Uh, and there's no other machine that man has ever made that's even similar. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, so Vibrant Health University. Yes. So, wh yes. Wh where where are you right now? Is that already started? Is it? Is it? It's, it's yes. It's it's 
It's getting started. We're in the beginning phases of that. We're about to launch Vibrant Health University. Uh, we have several locations. Uh, Vibrant Health is located here in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have a location in Seattle, Washington, as well as in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, planning to open other locations in uh, Atlanta, Georgia area, Florida, uh, and in Tennessee, uh, we have a location there as well. That's awesome. I think uh, certainly like to visit. Uh, yes. That. And, and as as we say with our video, we'll get some B roll <laughs> of you at Vibrant, you know, Health University, and uh, and 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 uh, plug that and push that because it's so it's so needed. Oh yes, okay. thank you. Appreciate that very much. I think getting the word out there is the most important thing. Uh, knowledge is power, right? So the more patients and more people are aware uh, of what's out there, the more they can get the help that they need. Well, I certainly enjoyed our conversation, and uh, I'm sure anyone listening to this is going to enjoy it as well. Well, thank you. I enjoyed being here, and I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you.